The Okie Geek Podcast is brought to you by Okie Comics, an anthology publication showcasing the talents of Oklahoma creators with stories featuring Oklahoma. Copies are available at Got Games in Dell City, Green Bambino, Paseo Plunge, and My Chic Geek in Oklahoma City, and Waving Wheat Bakery and Bistro in Norman, as well as your favorite comic book store and nearest library. You can find out more locations and more information at okiecomics.com. Greetings and salutations, my fellow geeks, and welcome to episode 226 of the Okie Geek Podcast, brought to you by Okie Comics. I'm Michael Cross. Our friends at Absurdist Productions are holding a Kickstarter campaign for their latest foray into the world of 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons. The adventure known as the Beast of Bridge Dunnan, hopefully I said that right, is currently live right now. Joining us to talk about it are Will Thompson and David Thomas. Guys, welcome back to the show. Good one. Uh, did, I get right? back. did I get that bridge done in? That works. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> so I, I understand this is not your first foray into 5e Dungeons and Dragons. Right. So um, we actually, uh, we ran a, we did, we're doing this as part of Kickstarter, what they call Zine Quest, which is a promotion they do where they do some extra advertising. Um, if you're uh, kickstarting a, a zine, a black and white zine, uh, we did our first one last year, which was a zine, kind of a two adventures in one called The uh, Forest of Lost Children, which happened only because like the the zine quest runs for February only. Mm-hmm. And like the February 5th of last year, Will had emailed me and goes, hey, you want to do this? It's like, what are we going to do? He's like, I don't know. We'll come up with something. <laughs> and, you know, we we. You know, luckily there was a story I'd pre an adventure I'd previously kind of been working on and run once or twice that we were able to turn into something fairly quickly and got that out there. And that was that zine did pretty well last year. Um, don't remember exactly how much it made, but it, you know, it, we made a small profit off it and got it out there in the world. And uh, so for this year, you know, we started talking about it. I was like, yeah, let's, let's do it again. Mm-hmm. And so I wrote, uh, not a, you know, it's not a direct sequel necessarily, but kind of a spiritual sequel to, you know, follow on from it. And is it, so you, someone can actually, if they got the last one, they could actually follow on with this next adventure. Yeah. There, there's some similar themes. Some, uh, there are some ties, but at the same time it's written so that if you haven't played, if you haven't done the first zine, you can jump into this one and, you know, it works fine. Will, how long did it take you to put this together? Oh, um, so the way we've been handling this, um, Dave's writing the actual content. I'm managing the Kickstarter page. Uh, I'm doing the book layout mm-hmm. um, and kind of managing some of the art um, stuff as well. So it, for the first one, for, for Forced to Lost Children, I think it took us um, about a month after the ca- campaign to sort of get everything put together mm-hmm. uh, and built out and edited and in a really good shape. Um, and it'll probably be about the same for this one, maybe a little bit faster. Yeah, um, just because we have a better idea of what we're uh, doing with that whole process this time around. Right, right. And we've already got sort of a, a template put together in InDesign. So um, these these zines, um, you know, part of the rules of Kickstarter is, is that it's got to be a uh, uh, eight and a half by five and a half booklet, um, stapled or saddle stitched, black and white. 
Um, and so we're following all those rules. So we're making it look very much like a sort of old school, um, kind of the old school, you know, adventure splat books that you could get back in like mm-hmm. the 80s and 90s, you know, mm-hmm. it's kind of the aesthetic we're going for. Yeah, so we're going with that that kind of scratchy, um, like line art with, you know, kind of pen and ink, just, you know, basic shading. Um, so very kind of old school looking art for it. Um, you know, like an adventure same- straight out of one of the old magazines. Sure. So, yeah, yeah kind of yeah. kind of going for that vibe. Um, the first one, the one we did last year, was aimed very much at kind of introduction to D and D. So the it's got the Forest Lost Children actually has two adventures in it. The first one is a very kind of linear, um, you know, kind of follows through a flow of you know encounter puzzle encounter puzzle kind of you know kind of flow fairly linear track to it. The second one is a slightly nonlinear, uh, both of those are 30 pages in that one. So the second one, there's a couple of different locations, but you kind of go to a location and then go to the next location, but then, you know, but you can go to them in slightly different orders. For the bridge uh, or the um, Beast of Bridge Dunnan, I decided, you know, let's go a little more ambitious. So it's one adventure, takes up the entire 60 or so pages that the zine's going to be. And it's a bit more nonlinear. The players are going to end up going to, you know, back and forth to locations multiple times, depending on, you know, kind of what path they follow. And, you know, it's at its core, it's kind of a mystery. So depending on what information they've collected and how they decided to interpret it, it also has, you know, the potential for multiple endings, depending on what they decide to do with the information they have. Yeah, the great one about that is you can do, you can have, you can play the game more than just one. Exactly. That's that's kind of the goal with it. You know, um, got a little ambitious with it. Well, hopefully it works. (laughs) Um, we're going to be doing some uh, play testing of it here in the next week or so to kind of, you know, run some some people through it and make sure, you know, because the problem with mystery adventures, it, you know, it, I'm sure you GM game mm-hmm. before too. When you do a mystery one, you have the problem of either your clues are way too obvious and they, they figure it out within like the first 10 minutes and you, yes. you know, the game's over or you've made it way too subtle and you're just sitting there as a GM behind the screen going, oh, come on, just figure it out. Just yeah. It's easy for the DM because we know the answer. Mm-hmm. We've already got the answer. So, hey, it's obvious to us. Yeah. But, but sometimes having our – and, yeah, you're right. There's there's that fine line there where you don't want to make it too hard for your players, but you also don't want to make it too easy for them. Yeah. And we've also – you know, I try to load the, – the first one had this, and it's not, it's New Zealand has, well, a lot of uh, just GM notes that I have throughout it of – you know, things to think about, ways to adjust things depending on, you know, how the encounters are going or how what the players are doing. Uh, in the very early section of it, there's a whole list of kind of rumors and gossip that, that you know, can give hints and give clues. And, you know, I didn't say, okay, they're going to hear these specifically at this place or this place, et cetera. It's just, okay, they need to kind of learn all this over the course of the adventure. Mm-hmm. And then as they work through in various locations, they say, this would be a good place to put things in. Right. And they kind of, you know, let the GM, you know, use their judgment with how the players are going of how, you know, okay, they've been going a while. I need to give them a lot more hints right now, just kind yeah. of where, where they can fit those things in. So they're the ones that are important that they need to know. We, you probably know this now by the time you're getting closer to the end. Yeah. So start, you know, it's kind of, kind of giving the information to kind of get them, get them thinking about things. How long would this uh, adventure take to run? Um, my guess is it's probably, so the, um, 
Minimum, I'm thinking about four hours. It could, be, you know, probably four to six hours somewhere in there. Uh, again, we'll once we've had a chance to actually uh, play it a few times, I'll have a better gauge on that. Because um, some of it's going to depend on, you know, how which which ending they kind of end up kind of going towards. Because there there's an ending that, you know, if they get half the information, they could, you know, go towards that. Or there's ones where if they've got a lot more of the information, they can kind of head that way. And so, depending on when the party decides to, you know, okay, we're we're, we're making things happen. And you say what levels these are for? Uh, for this one, what do we say? About five to six, I think. Yeah, that's what we've got. It's five. Yeah, uh, five to six. So about four to six players. Yeah, your your yeah. yeah, kind of your standard D and D party. Yeah. So what, uh, Will? What are the the levels that we got going on here for this? So um, as far as raise? yeah, as far as backing this, you can back it for um, as little as six dollars. So six dollars, you get just a digital PDF mm-hmm. of the bridge, uh, the Beast of Bridge Dunan. And for $9, you can actually get both of our zines. So um, oh, wow. if you didn't, yeah, if you didn't get a copy of uh, Force of Lost Children, you can get both of them together for nine. Uh, the physical copy mailed out um, is $14 and both together is $24. Oh, that's great. Yeah. So we, we really want to make these kind of, you know, low cost. Um, there's a lot of different, you know, stuff on Kickstarter right now that are, you know, these zines, we wanted to make it, you know, competitively costed with those things, but still have a lot of content. So that the 60 page or so that this is going to be, there's a lot of stuff packed into that. Yeah. And since we're, I'm, I'm purposely making sure I'm only using spells, that sort of thing that come out of the five uh, ESRD. Mm-hmm. So that I'm, and because of that, that allows us to actually, put the spell information from those in the book, in the zine. So if a, a DM has this, this you know, where I'm, I'm creating all the monsters for it kind of from scratch. So the stat blocks are there for them. All the spells that any of the NPCs or monsters have are in the back of the book, the items we're creating in the back of the zine. So, you know, they'll, they're going to need a copy of the, the GM, you know, guide just because of what the extra rules is going to have in it. But, yeah, if you had realistically, if you had the the five ESRD in our zine, so the SRD which is free and the you know fourteen bucks for the zine, you could run D and D with this. Yeah, so it's a really good starter game. Yeah, uh, both of these, so that you, people could just kind of pick it up and just go if, if it's their first time to ever run something. Yeah, right. And um, Forest of Lost Children was actually um, the first time Dave ran it was actually a game with me and my girlfriend and her daughter who was. Um, 11 at the time. Mm-hmm. I think um, so, you know, yeah. so it was completely built to be appropriate for, you know, young players, um, you know, just a little bit, of, a little bit creepy, but also, you know, not, not too overwhelming. So that's really what, um, what, what we designed it for. And this one follows from that. So it's got a little bit that scary edge and, you know, and, you know, you're, you're trying to track down this beast and this mystery story, but it's still really good for, you know, young players or adults, whoever, you know, we wanted to make something that's very accessible to lots of audiences. Do you think it would also be okay for uh, younger people to run as well to, to GM? Maybe. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. I think so. You know, getting into GMing is definitely a um, challenge for, you know, when you first start doing yeah. it, you know, yeah. there's a lot that goes into that, but I think having a, sort of one shot kind of short module to run something like this, I think is a really good way to kind of start that process. Yeah. My son started playing at 11, but by 12, he was dungeon master. He's now my Saturday night dungeon master at 14. So, you know, it's the kids, 
the kids these days, the kids <laughs> want to be, they want to be doing the dungeon mastering. They yeah. want to, because, and they've got the creativity to where I bounce things off of Aiden and he just immediately figures out my old brain. I'm like, well, I don't know if you could do that. Let me yeah. look up in the books and the rules. Um, and so the younger people just have the ability to kind of roll with it a lot more. Um, yeah. And so it sounds like this is kind of something that they could really kind of, yes, they can play, but maybe if they also wanted to get into DMing, this would be a good thing to start with as well. Yep. That's, I mean, you talk about that. The, uh, when I ran the, let's see, well, our first lost children originally for, uh, you know, Willow's girlfriend, her daughter, um, several of the, uh, you know, several of the puzzles, she, like, she picked them up pretty quick while, you know, Will and his girlfriend were sitting there kind of struggling, like what, you know, they, they were overthinking them and she was mm -hmm. just like, let's just do this. Yes. And then I also, um, we try to make all any of the, you know, any of the combat encounters have ways where you can either a avoid the combat or B solve the, you know, get away, get through the con the encounter without having to kill things. Mm-hmm. Like that's kind of another goal in there, and so like, I don't want to spoil the the adventure, but you know, there was a there was a you know a few key moments in the in the you know first one when I ran it where yeah the the eleven year old made the decision did some things that you know they were like well, what are you doing what are you doing she's like no we're gonna do this and you know it ended up working it ended up you know paying out paying off in the end because you know how she kind of figured out you know we're we're gonna, this is the way we're gonna play the play this uh, you know these encounters out so. And I'm hopefully, you know, from what I'm hearing, from what we've heard, because uh, um, Common Space down in um, down in Norman, uh, mm -hmm. oh, the owners used to have Lunex. I believe you've interviewed them. Oh yeah, yeah, DC. We had one. Um, you know, they they are carrying the zine there. Um, they've been running. Uh, so they've run several one shots. You know, so run the the original zine um, several times for D and D groups, and we've gotten a lot of really good feedback on it. Um, so I'm hoping that uh, this one does, you know, does as well, and people like it as much. And how much are you hoping to raise in the kick? And how long do you got have go have it going on? So the Kickstarter is going to be going on for seven more days. We're doing a really short campaign with this. Um, we've already met our goal. So our goal was just a minimum of like $260. That's awesome. So the really nice thing about these is that um, you can have a really low goal. You know, with uh, print-on-demand services, we can print just the amount we need. We'll probably print a few extras to, you know, to sell later on. Um, we're, you know, paying for some commissioned art, and we're using some um, stock art just to keep prices low. So between all of that, we're able to get, you know, do this at a really low budget. Mm -hmm. So we've already met um, our base goal. We've already met um, our first stretch goal, which is to commission some additional art. Oh, wow. Um, have yeah. some extra um, custom art in there. Uh, we've got some more stretch goals planned, though. If we hit um, $800, we're going to include a um, 11 by 17 fold-out map to go along with it. Oh, you got to have that. Yeah. <laughs> and um, and then it, if we if we manage to get up to $1,200, we are going to include some um, some sort of postcard-sized handouts as well. Um, yeah. So some we of just clues and stuff. Yeah, we just priced all that stuff and figured out what what else we could get printed and um, you know. And you know, to make this like a cool little package, because I always love the um, the old school boxes that yes. you could get for adventures that have all of the little handouts and maps and things in them. So um, if we get up to those stretch goals, we can definitely add some of that and make it make it you know cost effective for us to do that. But if not, those maps and things will be included in the in the zine, you know, inside the printed product anyway. Sure, yeah. and I, I, I is I'm sure it's going to be so much easier for to do this than it was to do like Chihuahua. 
For sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, book publishing is uh, far easier than board games. So mm-hmm. board games, you know, everything um, is for the most part printed in China. There's lots of proofs to go over, lots of, you know, components to figure out, you know, the costs are higher, all of these details about shipping and things um, with books, you know, there's print on demand services um, that print, you know, right here in the U S mm-hmm. um, it's far easier to get just the volume you need. Um, you can ship with media mail, um, which is a lot cheaper than it is. Um, board games do not qualify for media mail. Right. Um, so there's just a, you know, there's definitely a lower um, threshold and difficulty, you know, that said, um, it's still not easy going through and doing all of this writing, play testing, uh, proofreading, um, lots and lots of proofreading. Um, and there's things like for a zine like this, you know, we talk about 60 pages. So basically, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a half page size zine, you know, the, the five and a half by, you know, eight and a half by 11. Yeah. Five and a half by 11. So you're actually for, you know, every page is just, it's four panels. Right. So we have to do everything thinking in, in, you know, multiples of four. So whatever I write has to fit within that multiples of four. It can't go over and it can't be too far under. Right. Yeah, we have, we have two pages that are the, the front and back cover, but you know everything else has to has to fit in there. So if we Same once I get done writing, fold it up. Yeah, so that's part of it. Is once it's all done, that's you know what Will's going to do when he has that template. He'll put it in there and come back to me and go, uh, yeah. So uh, we're sitting at uh, you know sixty one pages. No, we either no. <laughs> a page or add you know add three more and <laughs> find three more pages. Stat. Yeah. And so, yeah, that, that you, you got, it's a, it's a different set of logistics things you have to think of it, but yeah, definitely uh, a lower barrier to barrier to entry than uh, board game design. Sure. And if someone were to back you at the 14, $24 to get the physical copies, when are we expecting those? Um, I am expecting um, probably uh, April. Okay, great. Um, it's not going to be too far out. Dave's got the whole thing um, pretty much written at this point. So we really just need to do some play testing and edit passing and put it in the template um, and get it all lined out and pretty, um, mm-hmm. which we should be able to do, um, you yeah, know, yeah. in March and then in April um, start shipping them out. Has yeah, COVID already had, coming in, so. Has COVID affected anything with the, the printing with you guys? Is it um, uh, that? As far as the printing goes, no, um, both this year and last year, um, the printer we use, um, isn't experiencing any delays. Uh-huh. Um, so that's They're going to be well, yeah. so. right, yeah. right. Anything's not coming out of China. So I'm pretty sure it's probably yeah. fine. Yeah. So that, that, that worked out for us. Well, it's also one of the reasons we kind of decided, Hey, let's do this again, because yeah, we, we have a bunch of other board games working on one that we're hoping to kickstart a little bit later this year, but, yeah, the logistics on things out of China, you know, shipping for that is still a um, little hard to track right now. So, so you you mentioned that the you you you're doing this as some sort of a zine project for February. What what exactly is this? Yeah, so um, each well, that, February, that uh, yeah, each February, uh, Zine Quest uh, or Kickstarter has a thing called Zine Quest, and okay. so this is just a promotion they do where people. Um, get, you know, sort of, you know, front page advertising on Kickstarter for producing these, these zines. And they have to follow certain rules, you know, that they have to be eight and a half by 11, black and white, the, 
the cover can be color, um, you know, RPG content. And there's a lot of really cool stuff on Kickstarter right now. A lot of people doing these really cool um, low cost projects. So, you know, even if you're not a D and D player, I, I really highly recommend going on and checking them out. Cause there's lots of really cool, um, really diverse standalone mm-hmm. games um, and game content out there. And I've backed several, I backed several last year too, just because I love, I love the really creative variety that goes up on there. Um, people are doing all kinds of really cool stuff. You know, some of them are their own systems they've made. Some of them are powered by the apocalypse games or, you know, other um, old school Renaissance type games. Um, but yeah, it's just a thing that Kickstarter does uh, for the month of February that, um, you know, that they promote. And it's, it's a really cool way to kind of just make small form old school kind of content, you know, um, but it has to be RPG. So it, it's, it has to be RPG. Yeah. RPG related. RPG right. related. So there are people who put, you know, content that's just, you know, maps or just like settings or, oh, wow. Yeah. Or all, all kinds of things. Yeah. I'm a sucker for maps. I yeah. Maps. Uh, <laughs> One thing that's getting really popular on there right now that I'm kind of fascinated by are um, solo RPGs. There's a yes. lot of solo journaling RPGs and that's become a really popular thing in the last couple of years. I think people are looking for ways to uh, keep occupied while they're stuck at home. Yeah. Um, and so I've backed a couple of those and I'm really curious about how, <laughs> how those are going to work. Cause I've never really played solo RPGs before. I need to check that out because I was just talking to my wife about how I, I when I was a kid, I loved the do your own adventure type of things, but they were always so very simple. Y- yes, no, run hide there's nothing in there but if but what i love about the solo adventures the few that i have actually seen and played is that you still it's just like dnd you go in and you roll the dice you roll the 20 sided you 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 have to fight so you have to you know you have to do the things to get through the adventure and that's what i love about it it takes the build your own adventure and becomes a true adventure mm-hmm. yeah that's so yeah. much like so much fun. It's it's really cool. People are doing really cool things in the RPG space right now. Yeah. So what's the, uh, can you guys talk about the other game that you guys are thinking about? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, so the other board game that we are doing, and hopefully uh, later this year we're gonna get this up, and you'll probably start um, next month start seeing us post a lot of stuff mm-hmm. about it. It's called Paleovet, which is um, the title me is basically a paleo veterinarian, which is a uh, a doctor for dinosaurs. <laughs> so this is a card and dice based game where you're building a dice pool and uh, rolling dice. And on the dice are special icons matching different treatments that these injured and sick dinosaurs need. Um, you're tranquilizing dinosaurs to bring them into your hospital, rolling these dice to apply treatments to them. You're building um, up, buying upgrades to your hospital that produce extra effects. Each dinosaur has special effects that it does. Um, and each dinosaur only sleeps for a certain amount of time, so you have to cure them fast before they wake up. <laughs> of course. Because they wake up, they're gone. And if they're a carnivore, they might also take another dinosaur with them. Oh. Yeah. So we've got some really, really beautiful art um, for this game that we've already done. Um, and you can see my background right now. That's one of the art pieces. Um, and it's a really fun game. And this is another one that we've kind of built in um, – kind of some some options, some scaffolding. So you can play it with really young kids by just leaving off some of the text and dropping the upgrade cards. And then you can add in the, the dinosaur effects 
to you know make it a little bit more interesting for older players and then you can add in the uh the upgrades and make it you know very interesting and very strategic even though it's a dice rolling game um so it's pretty simple to learn and it plays in about 45 minutes um two to four players and we've played it with kids as young as eight and and adults love it too so we're really excited about this one and any excuse to roll more dice is yeah always good (laughs) yeah it's kind of a you got the resource management of the dice, a little bit of engine building as you know, as you kind of build up your the upgrades for your hospital and yeah, it's a lot of fun. How long did this one take for you guys to put together? Let's see. I think I started designing this one oh probably halfway through 2019. Um, yep. sort of toward the end of 2019, we decided this was the game that we wanted to push to uh, publish next. Um, and we were hoping to do it sooner than happened, but this did kind of get pushed back because of COVID. Right. We decided to kind of take a little bit more time with it. Um, we weren't able to get out to as many, um, well, to any uh, conventions and things. So yeah. we decided we would just take our time with this one, um, get all the art and graphic design lined out and start uh, and plan on trying to do that, you know, second quarter 2021. Right. Um, and in between, we've been working on a lot of other projects and getting a lot of other things sort of lined up and ready to go for once we uh, once we get there. We've got a couple other RPGs we've been working on, um, some other games that are getting close. And so there's there's lots of stuff coming out. We just sort of took this one year break almost <laughs> and are going to be coming back pretty strong in 2021 with uh, lots of new stuff. That pretty much describes 2020 period. It's just everyone yeah. kind of took a break. <laughs> yeah, you know, and it's, it was a rough year in a lot of ways, but it's yeah. also, you know, maybe some rejuvenation that comes out of that. Maybe we'll all come out a little bit, a little bit uh, stronger in the end. I hope. I think if we didn't take, you know, we, if you didn't take 2020 and like really kind of hole up in a sense, then you won't go into 2021 feeling like, okay, now I'm ready to go take on the world. Cause that's kind of how I feel about 2021. It's like, now I'm ready to do this, you know, not yeah. just sit back anymore. Yeah. So. It really makes you think about, <laughs> the way you're spending your time and what you can, you know, what you can do and what you take for granted, you know. And do you think you'll have a Kickstarter on that, on the paleo? Yeah. Paleo vet. We're hoping to kickstart that. Um, I I think the, the, we, I don't want to give any, any clear dates just no, yet. No, no, I'm no, not no. sure exactly, but hopefully um, in somewhere, maybe late spring or summer. Sometime in the second quarter. Yeah, yeah. you're figuring that that's going to be about right. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, sometime in second quarter, we we have the arts done. We've got the graphic design is 99% there. Um, at this point, we're at the uh, just cleaning up the rule book, getting you know edit pass and everything to make sure everything's very clear and understandable. Yeah. And yeah, I remember so, how long it took for you guys to do Chihuahua just to kind of play test uh, that thing out. Chihuahua took from initial idea to in people's hands was almost exactly four years. Yeah, that was that's from my, my the, first concept. Yeah, didn't you guys have a, a problem with the delivery as well? Some out of China that it, it happened. Well, it, it got the uh, production got delayed. You know, we, we discovered Chinese New Year um, <laughs> and some other things, and some production got delayed. We were actually fairly close to we our our goal had been to, to deliver um by the end of november beginning of december 2018 that didn't happen 
um, we ended up delivering the first two weeks of January 2019. So yeah. we were we were about a month, month and a half late, which you know isn't too bad for a Kickstarter, really. No, I was excited <laughs> when I got my copy. I was like, hey, I forgot I know what the, yeah. <laughs> I forgot about this. Um, but yeah, so yeah, this one, uh, Paleo Vets taken, you know, a little bit faster. We learned a lot from uh, from all aspects of designing uh, Chuscaria. So Paleo Vets gone a bit faster in development. Um, and like we, Will said, we have several other games that are in various stages of development that are, you know, are ready to follow it. So mm. if we, you know, we'll kickstart PaleoVet this year and deliver probably early next year. And then, you know, hopefully within, you know, by the end of next year, we'll be kickstarting, a, you know, our third game. So good deal. Yeah. So uh, the uh, Beast of Bridge Dunnan, uh, where can people find this? So you can find it on Kickstarter if you mm-hmm. just go to Kickstarter and, um, you can either look on the Zine Quest tag and scroll around and find us, or just um, you know search for it directly. So, the Beast of Bridge Dunnan, and that's B R I D G E D U N O N. Or look up Absurdist. You can actually or look up Absurdist Productions. Search Absurdist, and it, it comes right up as well. So that is true. Yes. And where can people find more information about Absurdist Productions? So our website is absurdistproductions.com. You can also find us on um, Facebook under Absurdist Productions, and we're also on Twitter and Instagram. Good deal. Are you guys also on Twitter and Facebook you individually? We are. Yeah, I am. I, I'm on Twitter. I don't know if Dave is. <laughs> I I had a Twitter a long, long time ago, and I have. No I think Twitter. I remember you being on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but we're yeah we're I, I most of my twittering is on our is through our uh, Absurdist Productions Twitter account. So. It, and uh, and Will, where can people find you on Twitter? Um, I think it's, I don't actually remember. I think it's WM Thompson. <laughs> it's, it's something like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's will underscore M underscore Thompson. So okay, good. not super creative, but pretty clear. All right, guys. Thank you so much for being on the show. All right. Thank well, thank you for having us. And so that can do our, that is going to do it for our show. You can find us on Twitter and Facebook at Okie Geek Podcasts. Our theme music was produced by Monument Studios. You can find me on Twitter at KOSU Michael C. And do you or someone you know have an event coming up? Well, please let us know so we can talk about it on our show. You can find us on Apple and Google Podcasts, as well as Spotify and Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure and subscribe, rate us, and leave a comment. Until next time, along with Will Thompson and David Thomas, I'm Michael Cross, reminding you to keep calm and geek on.